in in order to have or create a long, healthy, long-lasting relationship, you only need to solve 31% of the differences while learning how to manage the remaining 69%. Mm. Conflict or or toxicity starts to happen when we're spending so much time trying to solve that 69% that was never meant to be solved. The boys, talk with the boys, talk with the boys. Welcome back to another episode of The, the Boys. Boys. I'm Taylor. I'm Tyler. And we're the boys. <laughs> we have a special guest today. His name is Mac, as you can see. Um, Mac, do you want to kind of give a brief introduction, um, what it is that you do, what's your social media, all that good stuff? Perfect. <clears throat> well, first thing first, thank you for having me. Yes. Um, my name is Matt. I am a black, a clinically licensed black male therapist with a specialization in couples therapy. My goal is to rid the black community of mediocre love and help couples obtain, sustain, and enhance all aspects of relationships. I'm also the owner of Therapy is for Everyone, Thera therapeutic services located right here in New York. Queens, Brooklyn, Long Island, wherever we, I, mm. I can see you all, and it is my pleasure to be with you guys today. Thank yes. you. Thanks for coming on. Thank that you. is so dope. I know you're actually our first, like, obviously black male therapist license, license, yeah, that yeah. we have come across. So this is amazing. Excellent. Um, Yes. yes, and I, I think it'd be very beneficial to our audience too to bring some credibility to the to the uh to the pod in this some, conversation yeah yeah For so sure. today um we've actually chose to talk about ways or keys to managing relationship differences as opposed to resolving them and you know trying to completely eliminate them and so we definitely have some you know like probably some small questions or key points that we want to hit on but mainly want to be able to like just get your perspective your insight on them with your expertise yeah like okay. what's your idea of key ways to resolve not resolve but to manage differences like you know i don't know if you want to speak from your professional career personal um or we can start asking you some questions whatever, <laughs> whatever oh. you prefer i want to start off by saying um go ahead if you're on youtube this is going to be on youtube i want you to hit the red button the subscribe button below yes. Um, also like, follow, comment, share, all that good yes. stuff. Our social media is Talk With The Boys. That's Instagram, Twitter. On Facebook, it's The Boys Podcast. Mm -hmm. And then also you can stream us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So just had to drop that in before we get started. <laughs> yeah. You guys out working hard, huh? Right. <laughs> you know, you can hit the subscribe. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So what's your preference? How you want this to go? Because we're, we're good on anything. So um, we, we can just jump right, right into it. Dope. I think one, one of the big, biggest myths with couples is that they believe that they have to solve every single issue. Right. So yeah. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Mm -hmm. What percentage of differences do you think a couple has to solve in order to have a long lasting, healthy relationship? I'm gonna say 50. 50. Good. 
<laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't want to ruin it because I was kind of doing a little research on this before. Well, I like that. I honestly don't know if this percentage is what you're referring to exactly. Uh -huh. I shoot it. Okay, it was basically saying that needs to be something, solved. Or say, it was saying something along, right, I know I feel like I'm talking from the opposite end, but it was saying that about 60-something percent of relationship differences um, are unresolvable in most relationships. Correct, correct. So okay. to, to be exact, you can only solve 31% of the differences. <laughs> you can learn how to manage the 69%. Ooh, repeat that. <laughs> uh, sorry. Remix it. I got you. Yes. <laughs> so in, in order to have or create a long, healthy, long-lasting relationship, you only need to solve 31% of the differences while learning how to manage the remaining 69%. Mm. Conflict or, or toxicity starts to happen when we're spending so much time trying to solve that 69% that was never mm. meant to be solved. Ooh. I have another question for, for, for you guys, yeah. if I may. Um, how often do you think couples argue about the same thing since you've done your research? Oh. Let me see what you got. I don't even know if I know the answer to this one, but how I often? I think like a percentage. Time. Is of, this like a percentage question or like? Yes, a please. A percentage. 80. 80. I want to say, say about 90% of the time. 90%. Wow. Well, none of you guys are right, but none of you guys <laughs> are wrong. If you could meet in the middle, then the answer would be correct. Couples argue about the same thing 85% of the time. Oh my goodness. It's the so same big. conversation, it's the same topic over and over and oh over. Yes. Yeah. That's so sad. You know, I can relate to that shit. So <laughs> I can't see. That's why I said hi because, you know, I, if I'm speaking from personal experience, most of my relationships in the past, um, yeah, most of the arguments are the same thing over and over. There's, There's like an underlying issue that, you know, that's that's causing, you know, the same. Yeah. I don't think All there's right. ever any new problems. I mean, heating or something, right? It's mm -hmm. always the same damn problems from the beginning that that you haven't come to terms with. Someone yeah. hasn't come to terms with to or whatever communicate communicated about. If that's the right word, so or was wrongly communicated about. Yes. Right? The reason why the same argument keeps happening is one, we're not meant to solve this. We're meant to manage it. Number two is we don't have the appropriate communication skills. So we allow this one issue, we globalize it as opposed to localize it. So by glo globalizing, I mean, that's when we start adding 20 other things or 20 different topics that's related to this one topic. We don't solve the one convo, but we go here, there, 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 and there, right? Mm -hmm. So we start having all of these arguments of all of these different topics at the same time which is a recipe for disaster. Yes, I think that's what they say, like pick your battle and working on one issue at a time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Cause uh, is there, no, is there a term for something? Are you, are, you, are you speaking on the fact that like, when you're arguing, you know, you start to throw in, well, you ain't cleaning the dishes and you ain't you lazy or 
bring up all these different issues that you have with them, but it's really one problem that was never resolved. You're just kind of picking at all these small things that sort of kind of maybe relate to this huge issue that was never really communicated yeah. with the right way, right? Correct. Okay. So, so based on based on everything you just said, like you're not doing the dishes, you're not doing this, we would never solve that because you're already creating a fight. You use the three the three diabolical words that you should never use in an argument. It's Ooh. never, it's really, and it's you. You. Ever do this, you always do this. Or Generalizing. You. So what I heard you say is that, you know what, babe, I'm overwhelmed. I've been working really hard. I just need you to take care of the kids while I go take a bath today, because that will mm-hmm. make me feel better. Right. When you say like that, Yes. We are having a conversation. We're not talking, we're communicating, mm-hmm. right? You're telling me exactly what you need and exactly how you're feeling. So this way I can respond to it. But mm-hmm. if you come at me and say, you never do this, I'm like, well, remember last week when I did that? Oh, you remember two years ago when- They get defensive. Correct. But people get defensive because they they feel criticized. If I walk up to you, right, and I punched you in your face, what's mm-hmm. the first thing? thing you would do punch you back right <laughs> perfect so you're saying that you would defend yourself yes why would you defend yourself because you feel attacked correct so verbally when we go to our partners and we're saying you 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 we are attacking them so it's yes. human nature for them to defend themselves and then this way the conversation goes back and forth we both feel attacked we fo- both feel defensive and nothing is solved. Right. Now we now we get the silent treatment for three days. Right. So you're <laughs> saying that people need to start maybe like switching the way that they confront or express their feelings or their issues with someone by speaking in terms solely of, of like I, right? Not you, but like I or I feel this way. Or mm-hmm. maybe this is what you did that made me feel this way. Can you phrase it like that? So yeah. how how can we rephrase this? You okay. know. So give give me a, a scenario. Okay. So say like um say you were uh, at a family like you're a significant other's family event and they embarrassed you in front of the family. Okay. I've never gotten so, that one before. Okay. <laughs> you want to Yeah, so you want to express to this person like how that made you feel and that you were upset that that happened. I'm just okay. coming up with some shit. Gotcha. Um, so okay. how, how do we do this? You're about to make me work right now. Okay, got it. So um, quick stat, right? The way you, 96% of the time, the way you start a conversation is exactly how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you start by criticizing instead of complaining, the conversation is going to end negatively. Only 4% of couples that are master couples are able to start negatively and find a way to ensure that it ends positively, okay. right? Those are only delegated to master couples. Okay. So back to your scenario, right? Okay. Um, did some something at the fam at the family function? You're embarrassed. You're upset. You're fuming. Yeah. And you wanna tell him exactly how that made you feel, mm-hmm. right? I would say, yeah. babe, I felt embarrassed when. Mm, that's tough. So what exactly did he do? 
Do I gotta create this scenario in my head? I think, I don't know if that's a good scenario. How? Or make it something like simple that probably happens a little bit more frequently in couples. Okay. Such as like how you said like, oh, you don't do the dishes or whatever. Well, how about, I'm trying to make, um, I'm trying to make it to where it's like, I'm trying to make you work. (laughs) I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, not something as petty as like not doing the dishes or so. Like, yeah, those are like petty things that, but something oh, more like a, a real issue. But they're real things. They are those real. I'm thinking of like an issue that you like. You made me feel this way by doing what you did, and I want to know how to express Ooh, how you made me feel. Okay. Not okay. just because yeah. you did the dishes. You Got know, you. I know. So, it's yeah. So I'll fill in the I'll fill in the blanks myself, right? Okay. I felt invisible and neglected when when I felt invisible and neglected when, damn, hold on. I know. <laughs> so, I that, that's tough because I don't have the, 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 the full story. The I felt, I felt in, in, invisible and neglected by the consistent drinking, which led to some behaviors that were not the best for our relationship in front of our family members. Okay. This, thank you. Made me feel like I wasn't thought of or I didn't matter. Yeah. Upset at me. So could we sit down and have a conversation about it so I can better understand what took place? And so hopefully that next time this doesn't happen again. Right. Okay. And that's a good one. But yeah, it's very hard for you to not say you. you. Yeah, <laughs> that's hard. Why did you do this? Or yeah. you did this and that. You embarrass me. You only think of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Tired of you. you that, in yes. front of my family, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. <laughs> right. Right. So okay, though, let's do another scenario, a more general one, like you were saying. Like, um, I guess, what do people argue about on a normal basis? Right. Not you know coming home from work and he. Played the game all day and and didn't can, clean. Can, and didn't can, do the can put the one on on the woman as well? Because we all yes, get okay. Yes, I'm Let's glad make it fair, fellas. Yeah, us here. All right. Um. Oh, we could talk about sex. Ooh, that's a big one. Ooh. What about it? That's, so, um. You want some booty? And she said no again. Right. <laughs> you said no. no right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we always say a lot of women feel like men think with their penises right and mm-hmm. women That's you know true. have to and some women can be very more sexually aroused as men yeah but i would say more women than men um are not as um like aroused as much as men are, are ready to go all the time yeah like it's are. quickly yeah yeah um and so like say the woman just got home from work and she's worked a long 12-hour shift, and the, the the guy or the man he works or whatever, he he's home, he's waiting for his woman to come home, and she's tired, and he's ready to get down to business. You know, <laughs> they don't got to, this time, go to sleep, lay down in the bed, and she's tired. She says no, and it's the second night she said no, and he oh, was mad. On multiple occasions. Or multiple occasions has happened, yeah. And okay. so he's upset. Okay. How so does right- he deal with this? So I'm writing a few things down because I do want to go back to a few things that have been stated. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because I did this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so again, so yes, um, he's she's trying to get some. She said no. He's feeling some type of way now. He 
after talking himself through it, he is ready to have a conversation. Yeah. So what he should say is, um, babe, lately I've I've been feeling unwanted, unwelcome, undesired as mm -hmm. I attempt to initiate sex and is met with a no. This had made me feel like my needs are not prioritized nor valued. So I would like to know what is it that I'm missing or what is it that I can do better to ensure that you get what you want and feel wanted and desired, which can also lead to me getting my needs met. So if we could talk about that, that would be excellent. Yes. That's what it sounds like. Sounds yes. awesome. Because, you know, a lot of arguments, and maybe this is something that needs to be said, too, is a lot of, like, people approach situations when they're upset already. So, like, thinking this through, it's like, okay, should we now start to take a step back and not address conversations or um, issues when you're fuming, right? Because clearly you're not logically, you can't really... You can't take the come you up with the nice like, and always out way of it. to communicate how you feel. Yeah, because you're immediately going to go for attack mode, like especially if it's something that happens consistently and so it's built up fumes, you know, like which is I also an you. issue. I I, I I got you. So the the clinical term for what you describe is referred to as flooding. For women, it's when your heartbeat is above eighty. 80, 80 beats a second or mm -hmm. 80 beats a minute mm -hmm. while men is a hundred at that time mm -hmm. period. So when I act, when I actually do couples therapy, I have each partner wear a heart rate monitor. Oh. So they can mon monitor exactly what their heartbeats is like when we're having mm -hmm. these tough conversations, right? Because oh, yeah. if you're at a point of flooding, that means that you've been criticized so much and you're so overwhelmed that you're not open to understanding, to listening, nor, nor compromising. You just see red. You can yes. either fight or you can either flight, which looks like right. stone when a partner just shuts down and no longer partakes in the conversation, which right. is, which tends to be 70% of the time, it tends to be males, yes. right? So by having my couples wear the heart rate monitor, they can start to realize the bodily cues that are informing them, hey, we're flooded right now. Let's take a 20 minute break and then come back to the conversation. But if you don't have that knowledge and you're flooded, I'm flooded, you're flooded, nothing's great. Nothing positive is going to come out of that. Yeah. And that is not a time to have a conversation. That is a time to separate, engage in some self care and then return. Yes. That's Actually, guys, a question. Since, yes. since, since since we brought up the sex topic, and I do yeah. have two women present, I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you guys: mm -hmm. Is it okay to say no when sex is what? Is it okay to say no to your partner when they want intimacy in a monogamous relationship? Keyword is monogamous. Ooh. Yes. Go ahead. Why? Why? Let's do uh, this. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I, I saw a fucking meme that basically was like, this is why girls get cheated on because did you I see saw that? I mean too. It's probably something from Justin LA Boy. Maybe. This is why girls <laughs> get cheated on because basically she wasn't she wasn't trying to give him sex. Okay. Which I was like, that's so messed up. But go ahead. So go ahead. I feel like that's a, a myth. 
that's not true. We can okay. talk about that later. <laughs> so in a monogamous relationship, I do feel like it's okay to say no, but not necessarily just be like, no, and that's the end of the story. You know, let's not talk about it. Okay. Um, I think it just has to deal with, um, like, like, for example, like I said, if you're just tired and you want to lay down and go to sleep or it's okay to say no, say, Ooh, here's a good one. So uh-huh. like, say you got, you guys just got done in a disagreement and you're not feeling him right now. You know, he done pissed you mm-hmm. off or she done made okay. you mad. Okay. And 15 minutes later, it's like, I right, babe, you know, like, you know, trying to have sex or something like that. And you still like, no, nah, I don't want you on me. I am two seconds off you right now. Like, right. I'm not trying to have sex with and you. Then, <laughs> so they pissed off because, yeah. And that's just kind of like, have you guys seen uh, the new Coming to America? No, trash. I haven't gotten to watch it fully. It's a tra- I actually trash. thought it was really funny. I heard it was trash too. I got to watch it. Man, it was <laughs> don't, don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste don't your waste time. Going to it with an open mind. I thought it was funny. It was not, you can't compare it to the first one because it just wasn't as, as, as I, I don't know, the right word for it. I but see It was, yeah, it was cool. But, okay, so remember when uh, the wife is upset and they get in the bed, she's mad because he done brought home, he done brought, you know, his, his son and the mom. Home. Yeah, and so he yeah. lays in the bed and he looks at her like he's trying to have sex. And she's pissed like, nah, you know, mm-hmm. and he just says, this is bullshit. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, so now, my question to you would be, um, do you like being told no? No. No. I, I if if I'm you were told, know. if you were told no consistently, would that make you feel rejected? Yes. Yes. Should you feel rejected in a healthy monogamous relationship? No. You said, should you or could you? Should you. Could you. No. no. Okay. So if we're in a monogamous relationship and you say no to me, what mm-hmm. am I supposed to do? You feel rejected. So you probably are going to be less likely to ask for sex again unless it's initiated by the other person. Or correct. However, right, in uh-huh. the monogamous relationship, that means we enter an agreement in which you're my only option mm-hmm. and I'm your only option. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this way, it is our responsibility to meet each other's needs, because if we go outside of that relationship to have that need met, then we've mm-hmm. broken the trust of the yeah. relationship. But if you are telling me no consistently mm-hmm. and you're the only option, then I'm set but, up to fail. Yes. However, I do agree that a woman should feel free to say no. And a man should also feel feel free to say no. What I say is, instead of saying no, which I think you alluded to, let's start saying, how, how can you accommodate? Yes. Meaning, no, I don't want to engage in full intimacy with you, but I'm willing to do this, right? Yeah. And me, I have to say, okay, I'm moving from expecting a full-on intimacy, but I'm okay with accepting what you have to offer. So okay. this way, no one feels rejected. Our needs are met not even though it's not to the extent that we want it right. but something mm-hmm. is met and no one feels rejected yes. right and yes. that principle applies to everything in the relationship for example my wife has these friends that i'm not a, that i'm not a fan of right <laughs> those are her girls i love it yeah. i appreciate it but those are just not
on my people. She said, hey, hey, um, they're having a get together. Can you come with me? I want to say no, right? But that yeah. would make her feel rejected, right? Yeah. So instead, I said, okay, cool. I don't want to go, but I'm willing to accommodate. How about I go for two hours instead of the whole night? She said, you know what? I would love to have you for the duration of of the engagement, but I'll take you for two hours as long as you're the best partner at that time period. I said, girl, I got you. For two hours, I'm going to be amazing. We went went for two hours. We had a good time. I came home. She, she, She remained and had a blast. She didn't feel rejected. I, I, I didn't feel pushed to do something that I didn't want to do. I got my alone time, which I was craving, and she got to spend time with her friends. At the end of the day, we were both happy because we were accommodated. That's good. Okay. Based okay, off of go ahead. Mm-hmm. you, so you're compromising there, right? Coming to a mutual agreement. Yes. You do things for your partner that although you may not like, you're doing it to... For first of all, is it for the benefit of y'all's relationship, or is it because it makes her happy? And so, making her happy makes, in turn, makes you happy. It's a combination of both. Because as your partner, I have a responsibility to show up for you the way yes. that you need me to show up for you, not not the way that's most comfortable for me. So, yes. are you making that request? I need to find a way that I could show up for you. Whether or not that takes me out of my comfort zone, it doesn't yes. matter. Ooh. I have to show up for you. Yeah, right? and you show up, like you said, you showed up and you was the best person you could be for you those wasn't two angry. hours. You you turned up for two hours. Face. Correct. It wasn't like, I don't want to be here, even though you were there. You know, because yes. that happens a lot, I feel like. <laughs> yes. And also, like, I tell men all the time, if your lady rejected you, that's because you failed to do what you needed to do to win her over. Yeah. A lot of males have this mindset that just because we are together, I'm entitled to your body or I'm entitled to your intimacy. Even yeah. though I preach, let's not say no, let's accommodate. But I'm right. speaking in terms of healthy relationships, not toxic, not yes. non-healthy, not, dom- not domestic, violent, abusive. Right. A lot of males fail to realize that um, intimacy or foreplay is a 24-hour process. It starts at the end of a last orgasm and end at the end of a last orgasm. Foreplay is everything you do right within a 24-hour window. A lot, a lot of males, right? We go throughout the day, we barely text, we barely engage, we don't make her feel wanted, desired, value. Oh we come home, we do what we gotta do. Then it's 9.30, she's tired, she's overworked. She felt like I haven't reached out all day. She doesn't feel emotionally connected to me. Then I turn around and be like, hey, hey girl, can I get some? (laughs) Hell no, right? (laughs) Women need an emotional connection to feel connected while men need a physical connection, right? So a lot of times I have to to remind men, yes, for you, the physical is what's going to create the connection but for for the woman it's the emotional so as the leader of your household you have to take on that responsibility to ensure that she gets that emotional connection that she craves yes oh my god i absolutely i I say this all the time because i feel like people don't hear me 
But I feel like, well, for me, and my sister feels this way too, because we talk 24 seven, but we feel (laughs) like for us to get turned on as women um, and for us to want, and, and it makes the, you know, the sex more passionate or whatever the case may be, there has to be a mental you know, we have to be there with each other as well as, right. but things have to be right. Yeah. Like, you know, not arguing all the time, obviously, um, you know, and like you said, that 24 hour, just, you know, you feel, making me feel desired and wanting, yeah. like, it's literally like, I will be, I will like be whatever girl you on, want me to yes, be. I will be <laughs> is it counts, crowns, whatever on yeah. you. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying? Like you, you write me, you making me feel wanted throughout the day thought like about it's, me it's not just when you want sex yeah it's just like it's consistent if there's no consistency right. or just a lack thereof period like i can't do that absolutely yeah. yeah i that's a that's a great one you said you told you told even though you said you preach you know never say no but you said that you will tell the guys that you're not doing your job correct like, you failed if she said no to you you failed yeah. you failed to do what you needed to do to win her over it's yeah. it's really that simple. No, I'm not saying that it's a game. No, I'm not right. saying it's 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 a reward. But in order to foster a healthy relationship, we must take accountability to our behaviors and our non-contributive factors. Now, to push back on the women, of course, okay. as well. Yes, because yes, we have to do that. Believe it or not, women will become less disengaged. Let me rephrase that. Women will become less interested in intimacy and sex as the relationship progress. Regardless of any external factors. I didn't say that. Okay, okay. But here's the reason why. As the relationship progress, us men, we get comfortable. The romance is out of the window, right? Yeah. are no longer doing the things that we used to do to make sure that a woman feel heard and seen and wanted, right? Yes. The longer the relationship lasts, the more comfortable we become. So therefore, yes. our women become less disengaged and less interested in intimacy because they're not having certain needs met. The romance and the passion tends to die as the relationship progress. Right. Yes, right. I can definitely agree with that shit. <laughs> they say the, the older the older that you get, I've talked to, you know, a lot of married, not a lot of married couples, but just mm-hmm. some. And they would say that some of their marriages failed because the intimacy just kind of went down the door. Their their interest, and it could have been in each other, or the woman just, you know, didn't really feel interested in having sex, or the sex wasn't as interesting because you could tell it was just done for the man. Yeah, for the, for the physical. For the, for the man, like the, yeah. the woman would just lay down and let the man do it. Even though, you know, that's her man and stuff, you could just tell there was no passion and, you know. Yes, I, and, yes. So. And, and that speaks to the power of lust and the power of desire in a relationship. Mm-hmm. One, one of the biggest myths, right? Because I'm very big on evidence-based approach, meaning things that have been researched and proven. When I speak of relationships, I'm not selling a story. I'm not selling a lifestyle. Like I've only mentioned my my relationship once throughout 40 minutes of conversation. Like I am speaking from knowledge that has been tested and proven, which is the way that I go about couples therapy. Again, I am, I specialize in this. Like this is what I- In which, yes. 
this is what makes my living. Not yes. I'm not out here claiming to know everything right. that is rooted in my personal experience. So right. the power of lust and the power of desire. You guys are a little frozen. Can, can okay. you hear me? Yeah, yeah we can hear you great. Mm -hmm. So we have dismissed that, you know what, we need to find someone that thinks like us, behave like us, and like all of the things that we like. If that's the case, marry yourself. Yes. That's simple. Yes. Right? You want someone to have the same worldviews, the same experiences, the same viewpoint as you? You already found it. it it's in the mirror. Right? <laughs> also, I need some, someone that likes the same things that I like. Again, that's a myth, right? For example, I like basketball. I'm a Knicks fan. My wife, my wife is a Celtics fan. If we're watching the game together, but we're arguing, we're cussing each other out, then that negates the fact that we enjoyed, we like the same thing. The key is finding someone to partake in activities with in yes. a positive manner, right? Yes. It, so now, I like the Knicks. She hates basketball. She could care less, right? Yes. So I make the popcorn. I bring the drinks. She lays on me. I feed her popcorn and I rub her feet while we watch the game together. I know it's right. <laughs> right? Again, lust. Lust, there's three L's that she need for a relationship to survive. Yes. Love, not I'm in love with you, but I love you. Right. We could come back to, to that okay. point. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Meaning that you need a friendship. If you don't got a friendship, you don't got nothing. So I would yeah. say like come first, oh right? The friendship yeah. comes first, the love comes seconds. And what keeps the relationship going among from, you know, all of the right skills and behaviors is the lust, is yeah. the desire. Oh, yes. When couples say, hey, we grew apart, they're lying. That's a lie. What you are saying is your partner was growing and you were, you felt insecure because that would require you to step out of your comfort zone to partake in their growth. Yes. That's what it means. Yes. Right. Again, like when also like for, for a lot of people, I'm always preaching, do not allow the relationship to become your identity. You need an identity outside of the relationship. Yes, Just right. <laughs> in a relationship doesn't mean you stop, you stop living. Right. Go, go to that salsa class. Go do the things that you like to do. Maintain right. and have that social circle because your absence is allowing me to develop new eyes for you. Right. Yes. I get to watch you doing your salsa recital. It was mm -hmm. sexy. I enjoyed the way you move. Now, <laughs> lust is there. Right? right. He works out. He's a big gym guy. Hello? Yes. yes. Sorry. Head up. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> he, he, he works out. He's very fit. So I went to the gym with him and he was lifting five, 500 pounds. That was attractive to me. That yeah. creates more lust. Yes. Right? So desire is created from the space that is taken away from the relationship as we continue to strive toward our personal goals. What yes. happens in relationship nowadays is that we remain attached together 24 seven. We don't yes. want to go outside of our partner. We don't want to go on vacation without them. We don't want to go to the movies without them. We don't want to go to dinner without them. So therefore the boredom starts to exist because, yes. there's, because there's nothing else. It, this is just it. It's just, that's it. That's it. Correct. That is so 
fucking true. I know. I I I'm very big on like having a lot like having a yes. life outside of your partner because when you sure. do go experience, like say you want to go get drinks with your girls, and then I'm gonna be like, ooh, I'm gonna go home to my man. You know what I mean? Like send me that text. Hey, you up? Right. Send you that Uber right now, girl. <laughs> right. You about to leave the bar? You up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or pick me up. Yeah, something of the yeah. And and honestly, like you just said, going to the gym, going to the gym, and we're both trying to accomplish our own separate goals. But here I am watching you lift them weights, and I'm just sitting here like, (laughs) you getting flashbacks right now? I can't wait to get home. You know, like I don't know. The lust, I feel that. Yeah, that's dope. I, you know, I don't think about it like that. But a lot of people do. Like when people get into relationships, and I've fallen into this bucket before as well. Like your entire life becomes that relationship. Yeah. And so yes. then it just, it, it gets hard. Yeah, what is it to look forward to? I mean, I guess if you guys try to go on new adventures together, but sometimes I feel like you need that space to miss that person. The um, power of absence, yes. The power yes. of absence is very much needed because it allows you to miss and also realize what you've had, right? Yes. A lot, a lot of us will focus on the 20% and find it so alluring because we felt to realize exactly what that 80% looks like. So by having that space, by being able to say, hey, I miss you, or you miss me, that also creates a sense of desire. And again, like, so we also need to be very careful in from who we accept information from. Because this exact question was asked to someone that speaks on relationships. And their answer was, lust don't matter, is what does your soul look like? Because I want to be in love with your soul. What? That sounds great. That's yeah. that, That's a great line. I want to be in love with your soul. But what does that <laughs> look like? And how, right. does that, how does that impact lust yeah. and the relationship? A lot, a lot of times we allow certain lines or certain methods that sounds perfect yeah. if you were speaking to a robot as opposed to speaking to you men, which is a flawed experience. Right. Yes, it does matter. Yes, you need to desire your husband and your wife. Yes, you need to be visually and physically attracted to them as well as mentally. Yes, as a man, you need to voice your emotions and know how to express them so that uh, you're we gotta talk about that. It's you and etc. But again, like we need to be very careful of professors versus performers. Performers, right. they're they're looking for the clap. That's that sounding great. Yeah. But when you go home and you're thinking back, so what does that look like? Exactly what is it that I do? Versus a professor who's able to teach you and give you the skills. And another example would be um, you need to find you a, a partner that you can argue with with love. Argue with love. Yeah. When I first read, I was like, oh, that's fire. And I asked myself, argue with love. What does that mean? What does if it I, mean? Exactly. If I argue with my wife, does that mean that we don't love each other? Right. Yeah. I'm arguing with passion and love already. What you mean? Correct. Or arguing in the mindset that you love that person. Don't forget the love that you have and talk to them <laughs> at the side of your name. Hold on and, one second, Mac. Yeah. I want to make sure. Oh, it's charging. Okay. Yeah. And an argument. It doesn't matter, right? If you don't have the skills or the knowledge to communicate effectively, as we role played and you saw, 
doesn't matter whether or not you love or not love that person. If you can't communicate and solve the 31% and have the tough conversations to manage the 69%, your relationship is just not going to succeed, no matter how much love you had for that individual. So we need to be very careful of these performers versus the professors. Yes, and and who you're listening to. I wanted to bring bring awareness that you had said something about Obviously, men need, and this isn't no by means, obviously, us bashing men at all, because we like to take stuff from a women's perspective and things that we can do better. Um, and then mm-hmm. also from a, a man, uh, the opposite, vice versa. But, um, you know, it is very important, like you said, for men to uh, voice themselves if they feel a certain kind of way, for them to communicate, the men and the woman to communicate or men, man, women, women, whatever the case may be. Right. But um, the right way, though, I think that's the key. I think a lot of men um, were not raised or maybe they were raised to voice their opinion or maybe just they don't know how to say what they want the right, right. way. Well, not and not just that, which is what I wanted to hit on, too, is not communicating at all. Or not knowing how communicate to communicate. Yeah, yes. just shutting down yes the shutting down thing the whole like blowing up getting to a hundred not knowing how to right knowing how to express themselves effectively and i'm not saying that women do see uh, but 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 also like the fact that you said not knowing how to express themselves because that's true it's not they're choosing not to they don't know how to so again like men unconsciously we are driven by survival of the fittest we're just trying to survive we're trying to make it right? And part of surviving is being the top dog, right? The number one. But in order to do so, we can't show our emotions because our our emotions will lead to us getting picked on, us being bullied and et cetera. If if you think back to high school, right? In high school, the the jock was the one that was the most angry, had the worst temper and never really showed any emotions. Yeah. The one that was showing emotions or the one that was looked down upon. Yes. So from, from that age on, we're noticing that in order for me not to become a target, I need to have a blank poker face to ensure my survival. Because at the end of the day, I'm just trying to survive. Now, if you go into the corporate world, right, as men, mm-hmm. you're taught to be decision makers, problem solvers, and have tunnel vision. It's yeah. all about the angle. They're not teaching us to express our, our, our emotions. Exactly. What, what would it look like if a man went to their, their boss's office was just expressing how they felt, their emotions and what's going at home and things like that? They'll tell you that's not the space for that and men up. Right. right? Exactly. Perceived this week. Yeah. Right. So now we enter into a relationship. We, we find the one. We love you guys. We want to be with you. We want to have a great future. Mm-hmm. And then you tell me, how do you feel? I'm confused. Because I, I know three feelings, happiness, sadness, and anger. That's it. Yeah. So when I do couples therapy, by session four to six, most mm-hmm. men cry. Ooh, the, reason, the reason why is because that's when we start talking about effective communication skills. That's when I ask them to stop using the word you start using I feel statement. I feel is followed by a feeling. So yes. you don't throw those three feelings. So I give you a sheet of a hundred different feelings for the first time in your life. You are able to pinpoint 
exactly how you're feeling. Yeah. That alone is giving you the vocabulary to your emotions, the words to how you're feeling. And it is the first time in their lives that they are able to do so. They are yeah. able to really communicate, mm-hmm. right? I, I almost lost my wife because one day she came to me and, and expressed how she was feeling at work. And then I said, you're being too emotional. She packed up her shit and was on her way out. What I had to learn is, <laughs> right? What I had to learn is after doing much research is that men are uncomfortable with negative emotions yeah. because so when our woman come to us and is expressing how she's feeling with negative emotions, we spend 2.5 seconds identifying with that feeling and with feelings of ourselves. And then we move into problem solving. True. However, at that time, she just needed me to listen. She just needed me to be present. She didn't need me to problem solve. Yeah. Lack of comfort with negative emotions. Mm -hmm. I started problem solving, then I blamed her because like, how dare you bring this to me when you know I can't deal with this? I was never equipped. I was never taught. I was never given the tools to learn how to master negative emotions and how to process Mm -hmm. them. So again... So again, in couples therapy, and we're doing the unlearning and then the relearning, these mm-hmm. men are giving the language to their emotions. And I'm also teaching their partner how to respond to them positively. With that emotion. Yes. And if we tie that to cheating, 70% of people that cheat, cheat because they are seeking an emotional connection. Yes. Not sex. Right. 70% of the time. And for men, what that usually looks like is, hey, I'm trying to tell you how I feel, but I'm using guy language and you're not getting it. Or I'm saying how it's supposed to be said, but you're telling me to man up and you're minimizing it. So therefore I'm going elsewhere to express that and have that need met, which then, again, I'm being vulnerable, which creates an emotional connection, which leads to physical connection. That's why cheating usually happens. Yeah. Sorry. And so that is actually very true. A lot of women don't give men the space to um, express how they feel. Let's 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 reframe that. A lot of women, just like men, were not taught on how to respond to a male expressing their emotions because that was not common for them prior to this. Yes, it's like it's like a a two a two way street. It's like you, you want the man to express themselves, but when you do, you kind of belittle them. You yeah. tell them, "Oh, like, like you're showing yeah. too much mm-hmm. right, much emotion." Mm-hmm. I versa. love that. Yes, said, a woman. Go ahead, finish, finish. Oh, Sorry. and I'll say, and vice versa. Um, the woman is, you know, she's crying, she's emotional. You know, women are made to be these emotional creatures Which, and yeah. don't know how to express themselves without putting their emotion aside. So then they're made to be you're too emotional, calm down and let's solve the problem with all that crying or right. all that emotion. Let's just figure out what the problem is. Like you said, you know, men jump to problem solving rather mm-hmm. than just listening to you and seeing, you know, how realizing and recognizing your feelings are valid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Try to, yeah. Yes. yes. So you said something that, that was very important, something yeah. that I wanted to hit on. You said belatedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know that alone is the number one predictor of divorce? Oh, is it? 
Yes. Belittling someone's feelings. Correct. So it's the the clinical term is contempt, right? Contempt is when yes. you're sh- when you're showing. <laughs> okay, Godman therapist, I see you. <laughs> contempt is 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 when you're taking a superiority role over your significant other. So you're belittling them, you're minimizing their feelings, you're calling them names, you're gaslighting, and etc. The minute that us trained therapists observe that, we can actually predict how long it's going to take you to get divorced with a 94% accuracy. Wow. And again, that was done through the Gottman Institute. He has studied couples for over 40 years. You know right. what's funny is I was it's not Steve Harvey. Jim. I'm sorry, guy. Mom, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. Shout out Steve Harvey. I Love you, Steve. Gottman is his name. When I was doing my little research, I saw his name often. So I was like, who is this Got- Gottman person or whatever? But it's irrelevant. He's a researcher. He has okay. a lab in Seattle where he brings couples in uh-huh. and he attaches um, electronics on them to study them. He watches them and everything. He's been yeah. doing that for 40 years to understand what makes a relationship work. So right. I was trained by them, right? So every, everything I'm saying, all of these stats originated from his studies. Wow. Again, yes. professors versus Not imposters. Performer. Exactly. Perform, yes. a, a performer will tell you, hey, I've been married for five years. Let me teach you on how to make your marriage work because right. my perspective is the gospel. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm gonna tell you exactly what you need to do because if it worked for me, it should it's work for you work too. For you. Yeah. Hey, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, also, I have a, oh, go ahead. So, I'll make this quick point real quick. So, relating to um, men expressing themselves, there's a biological difference versus men and women. Men, our hormone is testosterone. Right. Yeah. Testosterone yeah. is more is more rah rah rah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. The higher the testosterone is in a male, the more likely he is to engage in anger-based behaviors and be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right. A man really can function in a healthy relationship by meeting a woman's emotional needs when he's estrogen, when his testosterone drops. And right. his estrogen increases. Now, if you think of fathers, right? No, no matter how big of a gangster he was or how many bodies he got whatsoever, once he has a <laughs> shot, his estrogen increases and his testosterone drop. You'll see him partake. You'll see him wear a tutu. You yes. Will, you'll see him play tea party. You'll see him oh be God, so, yeah. so emotionally connected to, to his child because the estrogen is the hormone needed to create that emotional connection. And that's also why most women find older men more attractive, right? But the reason why is because their estrogen is higher, so they are able to better give you what they need as uh-huh. opposed to male. Now, I was going to ask you, I was like, at what point in time does the estrogen level go up? You know what <laughs> I mean? Obviously, in women, the older that we get, our estrogen level starts to decrease. But Correct. for men, I was going to ask, you know, like, what point in time does that, you know, and I guess that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, What you said, as far as like, 
you know, hormones and, you know, the balance and imbalances and stuff and when they become a little bit more on the understanding and softer side, not right. soft as in a negative thing, but correct. Correct. That's that's when he wanna hold hands, he wanna spend more time with you, he wanna speak more of his emotions and etc. That's because mm-hmm. his estrogen is a lot higher at that time period compared mm-hmm. to his t- t- testosterone. When you're a teenager, your testosterone is so high that right. you're just thinking about your own carnal and personal needs. You're not yes. really emotionally available. That's why women again like to date older male. And that's true. So, you know, how long I got to wait? Like, what age <laughs> should I be looking for? No, <laughs> your age is fine. I, I can answer that. So here's what I would say to you, right? Which which is something that I say to everyone that kind of asks me this question. Mm-hmm. Couples wait six years too late before engaging in couples therapy, right? Yeah. We need to start couples. We need to start seeing couples therapy as a preventive. Okay approach correct not a defensive or corrective approach so if you are dating and you find someone that you want to be with and you guys are exclusive go Mm -hmm. to therapy now go learn how to how to communicate go learn how to build friendship go learn how to foster a culture of appreciation go learn how to deepen your intimacy so this way when the ups and downs of life happens you guys have the tools needed to overcome them but if you don't it's always so a you, back end. Yes. So you don't have to be married. I wanted to make that clear. You don't have to be married to go to couples therapy. And, yeah. And I said so this all, yeah, frowned upon, you know, like, like it feels oh, like, why, why are you doing what this? Why do I so need early? someone to tell me how to handle this or handle that? Because you don't know how to. Because you don't know how to. Right. We have to learn how to drive. I'm sorry. We have to learn how to drive. I got one question. Just one. We have to learn how to drive before we could drive by ourselves right Right. before entering a profession we have to go to school and gain the knowledge before getting married we got to get a cert a certificate of marriage right however when it comes to relationships we just feel like we don't have to do no personal work and that we are ready and the truth is yes choosing a partner is the biggest decision you will ever make in your life Choosing the right partner will be a blessing, especially for men. A healthy relationship increases your lifespan from four to six years. Because come, come to the left a little bit, Mac, into the camera. I'm sorry. Got no, you. You're good. Yeah, yeah. So being in a healthy relationship for men, it increases yeah. your life your lifespan between four to six years. Okay. Right? Okay. Also, for women, one one of the biggest factors is that. You want to choose some someone that you know is going to be present for you and your child if it comes to that. Yeah. When we when children are in single parent household, they are five times more likely to live in in poverty. They are three mm-hmm. times more likely to have behavioral and emotional issues. They are two mm-hmm. times more likely to to engage in all type of activities and two times more likely to commit suicide. But wow. when when the father is present. They have a higher emotional intelligence, higher IQ, and are less likely to have any mental or physical health issues. Behavior issues. Yeah. Yes. So when a woman is seeing a partner, she's always asking herself, hey, are you trustworthy? Are you going to be there for me? Are you going to do what you say you're going to do? Can I trust you? Just right. in case we decide to move forward, 
I can trust that you're going to be present for me. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Not trying to rush it into that, but just but you need to know those things you do. Current because that you take those things into accountability when you're trying to decide who you want to be with. Because as the woman, most likely you're going to be the one single the soul with the caregiver. Kids. Yeah. I would say if the relationship well, yeah, does not work. Um, but I know we're probably going to wrap this up in a second, but I do have one. I want like a, I need like a, a one, some two, advice. Three. Yeah. On like three, three top things that you would give. Well, one thing is when someone doesn't know how to communicate mm-hmm. or they're shutting down, how, how do you get someone? And I guess you can't, right? How do you get someone to communicate with you? Okay. So shut, shutting down is referred to as stonewalling. And 70% of males engage in stonewalling during a conversation. The reason why they do that is because, one, they are flooded. Two, they are being overly criticized. Mm -hmm. And three, it's a power play. By me withdrawing from the conversation, you are forced to either let go or continue. However, what most women will do in response is, keep trying, make things, start saying certain things to get a reaction and et cetera, yeah, because yeah. like, hey, I'm talking to you, talk to, to me back. But yeah, in reality, right. can be taken is because I'm feeling flooded and I know that whatever I have to say is not gonna be positive, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it's a power play. So at mm-hmm. that time period, that's, that's when you start the 20 minute break. Okay. And the heart rate monitor, you would Ooh. see, hey, I'm flooded right now. Let's take that break. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's perfect. Because you, at the end of the day, you can't make somebody open up. They have to be willing to. And then at the, if they know that that bothers you, if if they know that them not opening up isn't leading to y'all getting anywhere, they, they're going to have to realize that within themselves. You can't make them. Because then I feel like trying to make them talk. But at the end of the day, you made a you made a really good point as to why they're not talking. And so that 20 minute break to less. But even if our heart rate go down, let's revisit this conversation in a second. So maybe I can approach the conversation differently. But what happens after that 20 minutes is over and they still like eh, conversations not don't want to do it. That's a power play. Right. So are you can there's no room for that? Well, you, you can't, again, like I would say the first thing that you need to do is start having those those agreements prior to the fight t- taking place. Meaning mm-hmm. that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm going to say pause and we're going to take a 20 minute break and then we're going to come right. back to it, right? So we need to start having these agreement in place so that when certain things happen, we know exactly how we're going right. to proceed. Yep. Got it. Right? It's a math equation. If we have the equation, then we can fill in as as needed. Yes, yes, yes. that's dope. I wanted to like end this conversation with like, can you give us like three top advice thing, advice, whatever <laughs> that you can suggestions that you can give men and women, and it could be generalized, but about like as far as how to manage like I know we talked about a lot of different things here um necessary things necessary things for sure um but just three top point key points that you would give men and women as far as like managing their conflicts what's do's and don'ts yeah not resolving but managing so let me see if you find yourself having the same conversation or over and over that tells you that's something that more than likely needs to be solved 
I mean, needs to be managed. Managed, yes. And it's up to you to to decide how you're going to manage it. Managing something is going to look very different to each couple. So there's there's not a one answer fit all, right? It's right. it's in down and say, okay, we can't solve this, right? So how can we manage this? How can we accommodate to ensure that you get what you want and I get what I need? Mm-hmm. Number two, I would say is start the conversation in a positive manner. Again, 96% of the time, the way you start a conversation is exactly how it's going to end. Make sure that you're starting by using I statements, by describing how you're feeling. Do not Mm -hmm. use you, never, or always, and do not attack your partner. Again, if I walk up to you and punch you in your face, you punch me back or stab me. That's human nature. Don't fight with love. Learn how to fight um, effectively and in a healthy manner. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number three, I would say, I already talked about the three terms that you should not use. We talked mm-hmm. about everything else. I would say, um, keep keep the friendship strong. Ooh, that's that's the number one neglect, neglected um, aspect of yes. year one. We ask the boring questions. Hey, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? What's, what's your favorite meal? By year five, that person is not the same person that they were in year one. It is your responsibility to upkeep that knowledge of your partner. I I have a couples game that, that, that I do with my couples, and it's literally these basic questions. What's your partner's fav- favorite meal, your favorite artist, favorite color? And it would amaze you to see that the older couples that have been t- together for a longer time period have no idea, while the younger, the, the most fresh couple has all of this knowledge. Again, your friendship is the bedrock and the foundation to your relationship. If you keep your friendship strong, the intimacy will follow. Um, the mm-hmm. fun, like we stop having fun in our relationship, that's because the friendship is lacking. So exactly. again, continue to build and maintain that friendship. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Thanks, Mac. Oh my God. This is such a dope conversation. Uh, a learning experience for us. For sure. But also yeah. for our audience as well. Um, I'm hoping y'all appreciate this talk. Yes. As go much ahead as we and, do. Yeah. Go ahead and tell um your followers or our followers, I'm sorry, um, what your <laughs> how they can contact you, um, Instagram, social media, whatever. Got you. So um if you're looking for me on IG is talk to Mac underscore therapist. Talk the number two M A C underscore therapist. Please, if you want to have a conversation or or you need to book a session, do not DM me. I cannot fix your life nor your relationship through DMs. Book a session. Yeah. If you say Mac, can 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 I ask you something? I will reply with my calendar link where you can book a session and we can have your desired conversation also my my website for my private practices therapy is for everyone.org that's where you'll get all of my latest podcasts um everybody that i've collaborated with i can't wait to 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 link this to my website as well so if you're interested in working with me email and my website is the best way to go yes and we'll tag we'll tag and put your information um under like the bio and in our bio you know the comments and stuff so excellent thank you so much for talking to us today yeah thank you for having me my first friend 
I know. Hopefully, we can collab again soon, like on something Let's do else. It. I would love to. Yes. So. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Have a good Bye. night. Thank you. Bye, guys. The boys. Talk with the boys. Talk with the boys. Talk with the boys. Talk with the boys.